0: church how are you doing today it's so good to see you i actually can see you that's really great and uh, we're glad you're we're glad you're here i was just uh talking to our friends watching on on youtube before church i was uh, during this i was like hey everybody how you doing so hi to those who are watching and uh, it's kind of a weird uh, it's weird to live in 2021 where we have folks uh, all over watching and thank you all for being here as well uh, it's a it's a great day to be uh, it's a great day to be here. Uh, we continue to pray for Pastor Mucci and his family as they've started uh, the, uh, the sabbatical season uh, for a, uh, for a time, and we pray for for them for a time of refreshing and renewal and uh, and so forth. We're going to continue the series this morning on the Book of Colossians. Uh, The book of Colossians and we read a lengthy passage just for some context But primarily our references are going to be Colossians 2 verses 8 through 10 But before we get to those verses, I just want to read the two verses preceding our larger section today It is Colossians chapter 2 verses 6 and 7 And it kind of sets the framework for what we want to talk about today Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. A key phrase here for me in verse 6 and really kind of overlays the whole passage for me is this concept of, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. I don't know if you need to be reminded today that life indeed is a journey. Now, some have conceptualized life as a journey where we kind of meander about. We don't know where we're going and a bunch of stuff happens and 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 then we die, right? It's just kind of a sort of a meaningless journey. But that's not exactly, that's not at all what the Bible teaches. What the Bible teaches is that if you are a follower of Jesus, if you are truly a child of God, you walk with Jesus every day and that god has special things for you a plan for you and for your life and for what you ought to be doing so we pray right to know god's will that god would help us in the decisions we have to make and the choices that we face and through the crises that come our way through all the different things that life throws at us we're on a journey and our journey is with the lord And our journey is a purposeful journey it has a set destination and it is a journey that you are on this very day so I don't know if you and your journey are on the top of a mountain rejoicing uh, for some marvelous blessings that have come your way or maybe you're in the valley of the shadow of death and you've been walking through that lately Maybe it's something in between. Maybe it's just sort of kind of a, a it seems meandering to you and you're kind of having twists and turns and a lot of unexpected things. I I don't claim to have a lot of wisdom being stuck right now in the middle of middle age, but I do know this, that I can look back at my life and see that Jesus has walked with me from turn to turn to turn. You know, there are things in my life that I thought I would do and things in my life I never thought I'd do and you know those things have all been reversed. And the things that I, I never expected to do, I ended up doing and the things I expected to do, I didn't do at all. And all the great plans you had a few years ago have not materialized just yet. It is okay if you're walking with the Lord. It's okay if that's the case so that's really kind of the gist of where we are this morning and there's basically I have two points from our sermon the first point is a point of warning and the second point is a point of encouragement the warning is found in chapter 2 verse 8 and it's really where we get the title of the sermon dealing with dangerous ideology paul writes in colossians 2 verse 8 see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to the human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. So you're on this journey, you're walking with the Lord, and Paul says to you, and he says to us, all of his readers, he says, watch out watch out because there are pitfalls on this journey that we're on that I've been laid by uh, this thing he calls philosophy and empty deceit, human tradition, the elemental spirits of the world. And you know, if you've ever been deter- detoured on a journey or delayed on a journey, <clears throat> you know that, you know that these things do happen. And Paul says, watch out for them. Now, Commentators, if you pull off a commentary, I pull out a commentary on Colossians and you you try to look up each of these things. There's all kinds of different views on this. I shared in the morning uh, earlier service about an experience I had uh, like 23 years ago now. It was uh, my wife and I were married in June of 98 and we're, you know, how that goes, you're you know on on your honeymoon for a while, right? And so we traveled uh, quite a little bit and uh, in November of 98, just a few months after we were married, I did, a, you know, really one of those really romantic things guys do. I took my wife to a theology conference. <laughs> Thank you for laughing, because that was intended to be funny. Now, uh, she, and, and you, know, you, know, you know her, and she's this, a free spirit, and she'll go anywhere, and, so she, uh, and she wanted to be with me, so we went to the theology conference. And it was really, this was not, uh, this was, this was a, a very conservative conference. This is the jacket and tie crowd is, you know, everybody's hair was just combed so neatly. And, uh, you know, these are scholars of of theological seminaries across the country. And they all have a a very strong faith commitment to the Lord. So there wasn't a a lot of craziness in the room. And we were at the at this big ballroom in one of the Orlando hotels. And the guy got up to give the presidential address uh, for the organization, and he used Colossians 2.8 as his verse. And he said, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy. And he spent the next hour talking to believers, pretty much condemning every philosophy known to mankind. And then, to to boot, because I looked up the the transcript of his address the other day, just to refresh my memory, he condemned 13 different philosophies, right? And then he started condemning people in the room. He said, you know, you have wandered off over here, and you have wandered off over here, and you have wandered off over here. He spent all of this time. And I remember, this is the after-dinner presidential address. And he used it to harangue everybody in the room. And I remember feeling uh, the start of indigestion. Because this was uh, not a really good use of time to go through every philosophy that ever was and to condemn it and so forth. Because these are a group of people who, who knew what was right and what was wrong. So we could spend the rest of our time and we could be haranguing philosophies and doing all kinds of stuff like that and maybe there'd be a bit of fun in it and and so forth. However, however, that is not what Paul is about in this text. He gives us a warning. He gives us a warning. And I I think the critical part of verse 8 is the very last phrase, not according to Christ. So if you have a question about if something is right or wrong, if you have a question about a philosophy or a way of living that you are thinking about and processing, you know, some kind of choice that you're making in life, it's really good, as you walk with God, it is really good to hold it up to the light of the gospel and say, is this according to Christ? And if it's not according to Christ, then what you need to do is give it up and turn in a different direction and ask God's Holy Spirit to lead you in the way that you should go. So there, I mean, I, I would divide this verse into like two parts. One part would be this, that there are humanistic philosophies that we need to avoid where humanistic philosophies that want to convince us that there is no God, we answer to no one in this world except ourselves, and, that, and, and they try to get us distracted by life by looking at ourselves a lot. And there's certainly, in our consumeristic, materialistic, selfish sort of age that we've been living in lately, it's those, those are really threats that we, we may be facing, absolutely. But I find it super interesting that... Paul knows all of, the, all of the, the pagan and secular philosophies of his day. He doesn't start haranguing them and listing them, right? He, he just says they're not according to the gospel. Now, I want you to think about a second kind of philosophy or a second kind of way of things that we need to warn ourselves about. And that is this concept of religious tradition. Notice in verse 8, according to the human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world. And that's not a phrase we use very much, elemental spirits of the world. If you go down to verse 20, it says, if with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world. So he uses it twice in one chapter. He says, why? As if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to such regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, etc. And so it's this idea that not only is Paul saying secular godless philosophies are not the way to go, he's also saying that religious philosophies that do not really center on the gospel are not the way to go. And we just want to spend just a moment this morning thinking about the Bible and and this teaching of the Scripture when it comes to religion, Some people are under the misguided impression that the Bible is an invitation to be religious. You know, everyone ought to be religious and do religious things. If you read the Bible closely, especially the prophetic books, you will see that what the prophets do is that they take Israel's religion, which was given by God himself to Moses on Mount Sinai. And and he says, you guys, what you're doing, you're practicing a religion, but your heart is far from me over and over and over again the prophets could have condemned all the false philosophies they knew about but they didn't have the time to do that and they had not had the energy to do that what they wanted to do is say to the people who were congregants in the religion of israel he wanted to say listen guys what god gave to moses was good but you have taken it and you've twisted it all out of proportion now if you go to the gospels themselves and you look at the words of Jesus. Jesus indeed could have condemned all the philosophies of the world that were against the gospel. In fact, he does a little bit of that, but most of his attention, if you read the gospels over, is focused on religious hypocrisy. In fact, and I think it's important that that in Matthew chapter 15, he quotes Isaiah 29, and he says, You worship me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. uh, The test here for dealing with dangerous ideology, this test of whether we meet up with the warning and we're following is, is where are our hearts? If our hearts are still in tune and in line with the gospel, if our journey is progressing forward, then things are okay. Things are good. We keep our guards up, but we know for sure that we're headed in the right direction. If you happen to look at your heart and say, man, I've been to church like, like 20 times this year already. You know, I've said, I say prayers every day. You know, I do all this religious activity, all of which is good, mind you but you find even in the middle of religious activity that your heart is not really close to God, the words of the prophets, the words of Jesus, the words of the apostles all come down heavy on us and say, tend to your heart. That's what we got to do. That's what we got to do. Some of us respond by just doing more religious stuff. That's not the answer. The answer is to look to God and say, Lord, I used to feel close to you. I don't feel as close to you anymore. I used to feel like I walked with you, but now I don't feel like I walk with you as much anymore. I used to find direction in you, but I don't find that anymore. And so what we need to do is align our purposes with the gospel of Christ. And as we do that, we can continue on our journey. And that's good. I just want to have one uh, last thing to say about this particular verse. It's the idea, the concept of uh, a warning about warnings. I am seeing a lot of this these days, especially on social media and, uh, and kind, of, uh, kind of broad Christendom. There's a lot of scared Christians these days. I'm scared of this and I'm scared of that. And I'm scared of this thing, and I'm scared of that thing. And they are so paralyzed by their fear that their walk with Jesus is almost stopped. Some people feel as though they have, you know, the spiritual gift of criticism. And that they feel like, you know, they feel free to criticize everybody all the time. No, it's, it's okay. It's okay to... To, to have a bit of a, you know, a discernment in your life, of course. But if all you do is spend time criticizing others, what positive things are you doing for the kingdom? What steps are you taking ahead for the gospel? Keep moving forward. You know, my, my kids are here at this service, I think. It's really kind of dark in the back. They tell me they're here. And I, you know, I... I am not James Dobson, okay? I'm not, you know, I'm not James Dobson Jr. I'm not this expert on the family. And my poor kids, they've had to experience my lack of expertise over the years. But I do kind of know this. I know that if all I do is tell my kids, especially when they were, you know, younger and growing up, don't do this, 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 that gets really tiresome. Uh, Either that's going to produce kids who end up doing everything I said not to do in a rebellion or it's going to produce kids that are so scared that they never want to do anything what you need to do what you need to do as a parent and now I'm talking to younger Neil from a few years ago I would, I would say make sure that you always that you have positives in life make sure you have goals that you can set and dreams that you can dream of life is not all negative uh, but when, uh, my warning about warnings is this do not Be paralyzed by fear. Do not be paralyzed. God has called us on this wild journey. We don't know all its twists and turns. We don't know what's going to happen, even at the end of the day, let alone tomorrow or next week. But uh, warn, yes, fear, no. We can do this. Now, that's why I want to spend some time today on verses 9 and 10. Because those are really a positive encouragement to Christ-centered living. And I'm so thankful for the songs that we sung today about Jesus and who he is and how much he loves us and that, how beautiful and how powerful his name is. Because at the end of the day, we are not the children of a warning. We're the children of God. At the end of the day, we are followers of Jesus Christ. And, the, and, and what we have found today in the world that we live in, and especially in the practice of religion, is that some people do some things in the name of Jesus that are just wrong. Some people hold all kinds of strange philosophies and they baptize them in the name of Jesus and they think that they can get away with it. And they, that is just wrong. We always need to go back to the word and to examine the word. And so that's why we want to make sure that we get verse 9 and 10 in today. And and here it is. Uh, Encouragement number one. We are encouraged to Christ-centered living based on the incarnation of Christ. For in him, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. Pastor Mucci has been mentioning uh, Gnosticism throughout his series on Colossians. And the idea of Gnosticism is that Gnosticism divides the world into spiritual and physical. Everything physical is bad. Everything spiritual is good. And Gnosticism offers this kind of special knowledge that if you have this special knowledge, you can go to this really good place. And for those uh, just kind of left here in the, kind of the physical realm, you know, so much the worse. If you view life that way, there's a spiritual and there's a physical, and those two shall never meet. What does it tell us? That the whole fullness of deity dwells in Jesus. Where? In his flesh, bodily. This is a reminder from Colossians chapter 1, which we read uh, just not that long ago. And it's also a reminder from John chapter 1, which says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You see what God does by sending God the Son to earth in the form of a human, fully human, He ennobles us. He ennobles humanity. Jesus didn't come down as a spirit and give kind of uh, ghost-like sermons and lessons. God could have sent an email or a fax to us. He chose to come bodily. That's the phrase where where we get the word incarnation. The things that you do as a human being are important. Some people have postponed enjoyment of life because they say, you know, it'll be better when I die. And God says, no, 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 no. You can live for me right now. Your job, you say, I'm not a pastor. I'm not, a, I'm not a, a ministry leader. I'm not, you know, I'm not, quote, spiritual in what I do for my work. That, that's a lie, too, from the devil. Because what God has called you to do, God has ennobled you to do it because Jesus was a man. God incarnate. And as you journey through life and its ups and downs, it's really good to remember the verse from Hebrews to say that Jesus was tempted in all ways as humans are tempted, yet without sin. And so the whole idea is is that you are ennobled and empowered to walk with Jesus. And it's a wonderful thing. I want to call your attention to verse 10 as well. The second encouragement is based on the fullness of Christ. Notice in verse 10, and and, and he just drops this phrase here. He just drops it here, and, and he goes quickly past it, but I don't want to go quickly past it today. I want you to think about this. You have been filled in him. You've been filled in him. You have been filled in him you know, my life is so busy, I'm sure yours is too, that days go by super fast. I mean, do you remember what happened in the last few days? I mean, it's just just crazy fast, right? Then weeks go by and months go by and and time goes by super fast and you just kind of keep up and kind of go through the motions sometimes. That's the way life is. Sometimes that's the way our journey is. But you have to know this, that God is in the middle of, uh, as we journey with The Lord, he empowers us by filling us. God is with us. He is in us. Now, don't be confused. That doesn't mean we're God. But it means that God, by being in us, filling us with his spirit, filling us with his peace, filling us with his love, he enables us to journey along life's path. We are filled with him. You know, I can think of things I'm filled with, right? After dinner, too much food filled, right? That's a horrible feeling, right? You feel like, oh, I shouldn't have eaten so much, right? So emotionally speaking, I'm filled with anxieties. Oh, I'm a basket full of anxieties, you know? i worried about this, I worry about that, I worry about everything, I'm filled with anxieties. And there's been a couple times, and my family will testify to this, that in the last couple weeks, you know, just a, a couple of other little things happened, but my bucket of anxieties was so filled, I said, stop, yeah, enough, no more. I, I need a break from the anxiety for a little bit. So we're filled with anxieties, we're filled with concerns, we're filled with worries, we're filled with dread and fears, and all. <laughs> (laughs) of those things and and that's true i'm being completely honest with you it's true that stuff happens it's real that's life but it's also true and it's also real and it's also life that god also fills you he fills you he fills you with the spirit he fills you with his love he fills you with his peace and maybe we haven't tapped into that spiritual side of us just yet Maybe we're kind of, you know, we're, we keep stuff like that at a distance. I don't want you know, to be crazy, right? But Paul just says it. As a matter of fact, he says, you have been filled in him. What he's telling us is that we are perfectly able to walk through life because God not only ennobles us, God also empowers us. I want to read a prayer that comes from Ephesians chapter 3, Uh, In verse 14 and following, For this reason I bow my knees, Paul is praying, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being. He prays for power. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. He he prays that, that Christ would be at home in our hearts. And that you, being rooted and grounded in love, that's rooted and grounded are words that, that he uses in Colossians as well, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints. He's, he's praying that we comprehend something. What? That we, that, that we would have sound theology? That we'd ace the theology test? That we would win at Bible trivia? He prays that we would know the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of christ that surpasses knowledge and then listen to this in 319 of ephesians that you may be filled with all the fullness of god filled with god's love filled beyond our understanding filled with his peace that passes understanding, filled with his spirit who guides us and leads us, convicts us of sin, reminds us we're forgiven. This is the God who is walking with us. I want us to be encouraged today, encouraged that your journey seems hard and the walk seems difficult, but Jesus is with us and he is in us. And the more we understand that, and the more we process it, and the more we think of it, it's not our own life anymore, is it? It's the life that God is leading through us. And that's okay because God is a loving God who wants the best for us. It's the fullest of lives. Following Christ is not, em- is not emptying and giving up all a bunch of good stuff. Following Christ is embracing every good thing. Following Christ, walking with Christ, being filled with him. If you circle things in your Bible or highlight things, circle that, you have been filled. And uh, ask God what that means for you, how that shows in your life. Open your heart to embrace it, because indeed that's what we need today. In this crazy, confusing world, Christians filled with the spirit of Christ. And then one last thing as we close. The last phrase is this, who is the head of all rule and authority. You've been filled with him or been filled in him, who is the head of all rule and authority. So Jesus is not a competing philosophy. Jesus is the king of kings and lord of lords. Jesus isn't simply one option among many in life's decisions that we make. Jesus is the king of kings and lord of lords. He is the authority. He has all rule. He has all power. And what does that mean? That means that, yes, life is hard, and life has anxieties, and life has ups and downs and and all kinds of surprises for us, But in the middle of it all, we know this. Jesus Christ is in control. Our walk sometimes may terrify us. I don't want to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I don't want to walk through the place of suffering. I don't want to walk through a place where, I, where I'm you know, not super comfortable with where I am. I want, I'm, I'm going to choose personally to avoid all of those things. But the fact of the matter is, is that God thrusts us into it, doesn't he? He leads us into those places. But he doesn't, he doesn't do it to tease us. He doesn't do do it to tempt us to do evil. He does it to show that he is Lord over all. Not just when we control the circumstances, but to let us know that he controls them all. And I tell you, those words to me in the last few weeks have been words of comfort in the middle of just not understanding everything that's going on in our world around us. Stuff happening very close to home, of course. Stuff happening across the world, of course. Stuff happening to friends and people we care about. Stuff happening to strangers I've never met. And I look through all of it and I say, Lord, help us make sense. And you know what he says to us? He says, I'm, I'm still in charge. Walk with me. And it's going to be okay. That is our invitation to faith today. Put your faith in this one who will never leave you nor forsake you. It will make your journey very, very special. Let us pray. Loving God, we look to you in our confusions and anxieties and dread and all the stuff that happens in life. We look to you. And we ask that we would hear the apostles' words, the reminder that you are with us, the reminder that you walk with us, The reminder that you are uh, filling us. My prayer today is that for those who are enticed by the philosophies of this world and are tempted to walk away from you, my prayer is that you would fill them with a vision of who you truly are. For those who have substituted a relationship with you for for some form of religion, I pray that you would call us all to revival, For those are hurting today i pray that they would find in your word heavenly comfort i pray that you'd bind up the wounds of those who are hurting for those who are in the place of pain that you would heal the broken hearts i pray that you indeed would give them peace that passes understanding today we want we renew our commitment to walk with you and to know that you are with us lead us we pray In the name of our dear Savior, Jesus, amen. God bless you.